You've done what you've promised, and your spirit, where you say where two or three or more are gathered, your spirit is here with us, and we just want to thank you for that. God, as we enter this new series, God, I pray that you give us open hearts to see what you want for us and what we need from you, really. Because when we realize our own need, maybe it'll push us to seek you deeper to seek you further. Now pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm really excited about this new series um, for a couple of reasons, but I hope that this week you've experienced God's goodness in some way, Um, whether it be something small like getting that front row parking spot at Walmart, or maybe you enjoyed the one day it didn't rain yesterday. Everybody enjoy that? Okay, I told Justin this morning, maybe we need to start an umbrella ministry. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, okay? Um, because it seems like it's been raining nonstop for a year, okay? So, but I'm so glad that you guys are with us. But there's a couple of reasons why I'm really excited about this series. And one, it's, it's one of those topics, if we were to be honest, that can be a little bit scary, right? I don't know how you guys grew up in church, but when the Holy Spirit got brought up, it could be a little tricky. Anybody with me on that? It can be a little tricky. And so what happens is a lot of times churches are scared to talk about the Holy Spirit. They'll talk about God the Father. They'll talk about Jesus the Son. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we just kind of leave that one alone for a little bit. But we're not going to do that at Shift Church. We're going to address it full force. Okay? Because here's, here's my hope my dream for me, and I hope it's for you, is that whatever is true, I want it all. I want it all. All of it. No matter what it is. Even if it makes me look a little strange. Look a little strange, but but there's a couple reasons why I like this. One, it's one of those weird topics. You remember that weird series that, if you were here, we did a couple months back where I, where I was planning on doing a, a, um, a series on miracles, but then I got to thinking, man, it's hard for me to believe that you still work miracles, so I'm just going to be honest with my congregation and the people that are sitting in front of me and just say, you know what, I find this a little weird, and we, and we, we talked about how sometimes we have to help our unbelief, like God, I believe, but help it. So we started praying, right? As I, I challenge all of us to pray in faith to say, hey, listen, God, whatever is true, whatever is true, will you, will you just show me? And I'm going to tell you something. God has shown me some incredible things lately. That's the second reason why I want to do this. God has shown me some incredible things, that, things that if I was to be honest growing up, I was told would be wrong. Can I say that? Like things have been said and done where I've been like, you know what, if this isn't true, then somebody's a lying. Because I've been seeing God do some amazing things the last couple of months. And a lot of those things have to do with people here in this room in your lives. Because I do believe miracles still happen. Because many of us have turned from sinners to saints, and that is a miracle. Next week, I'm going to get to baptize somebody, and I'm going to tell you something. That is a miracle, if you know the story. I'm getting to baptize my sister-in-law. Like, that is a miracle. But I've seen him do some crazy things. And, but like I said, I've seen him do, like, it's one of those things, that, you know, we talk, I grew, grew up listening to, that I've seen God do some things, and it might be just the fact that it's a little bit mysterious almost. Not mysterious as in, like, creepy, but kind of like there would be no other way this happened unless God has intervened. 
Because I believe for too long there's been something missing in my, not really, he's been there, but maybe I've been closed to him a little bit because of what I was taught. But I, but I believe this something is a someone, and it's namely this guy who's known as the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Without him, people operate in their own strength and only accomplish human-sized results. And we're not here to see human-sized results. We've said from the beginning, we want to see God do something so big that only he could get the credit for it. And not be about Derek, and not be about Shift Church, but to be about the kingdom of God advancing in 37920. That we see a movement happen. That we as believers in Christ would step out of our comfort zone and through the power of the Holy Spirit see this community changed forever. 75 square miles that surround us right now. 28,000 if statistics are right. There's 40,000-ish people that live in 75 square miles that surround us. That would mean 28,000 people are separated from the God that you say is true and has filled you up. So the question becomes, what power do we have to share our story, share the story of the gospel with the people around us. Those are people that you live, work, and play with. That's your friends, your family, your Uncle Joe. But when we try to do it with, with our, only, our own strength, we only accomplish human-sized results. The world is not moved by love or action outside of the power of the Holy Spirit or that, that is of human creation. And the church is not empowered to live differently from any other gathering of people without the Holy Spirit. Like, let me tell you all something. We are so much different than any other group that's gathering. I'm not talking about churches across the world. I'm talking about any other social group, any other government group. Listen, they have no power, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We're the ones, the local church, the church across the world is, are, is the one that has the power to change the things that's going on. Whether you disagree or agree with the government, why you see social issues going on, why you see human trafficking, we have the power to stop that. Government ain't going to fix nothing. If you put all your hope in the government, whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, whether you, whatever the case may be, listen, the, it will fail you. It will fail you. But the Holy Spirit is there with us. We have the power to change those things. But see, listen, when we as believers live in the power of the Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. Like it's like, I mean, turning sinners from saints is a miracle in and of itself, right? That's supernatural. But if we take serious the call of our brother Paul, who wrote to our, to our, our sister church in Galatia, when he says in Galatians 5.25, he says this, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And how, what part of our lives? Every part of our lives. If we do that, we will see this thing called the gospel spread like wildfire. It will spread like wildfire. But, it's, but first it's got to spread in us like wildfire. See, I said at the beginning of this that, that for, for this to work, I want to be filled up with whatever is true, right? So here's our prayer for today, and it's the title of my sermon, that whatever it is, I want you to bring it, God. Bring it all. 
you're taking notes, you can write that down as a title. Bring it. That's our prayer. See, the church has been too scared to talk about this, but it's a huge part of our history. We're going to look at a story today where we get introduced to the Holy Spirit for the first time. If you grew up in church, you're going to know this story. Okay? If you grew up in church, you're going to know this story. But to kind of give you a backup to, to Acts 2, you know, Christ has died covering the debt of our sin. I figured I'd give a couple amens on that one. He's risen, giving us victory of death over death, hell, and the grave. Okay? I'm excited about that one. Well, that means we don't have to fear death anymore. Y'all with me? We don't have to fear death anymore. It's not our end anymore. And then he ascended to the Father, which indicated the beginning of his new work as a high priest and mediator for me and you. We have someone who's there to mediate between us and God the Father. Like, Jesus Christ is speaking to the Father God on your behalf as we speak. Little o you. But before he ascended, he gave this command to his disciples. In Acts 1-4, he says, once when he was eating, so this is after his, his, he died and after he rose from the dead, he said, once while he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem because sometimes we have to stay where we are so God can speak to us. Because sometimes we get too busy and we keep moving and we miss God speaking to us. So he's saying, stay right here. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you a what? A gift. The gift he promised. Because we know that God's faithful to his promise, right? We just talked about that. He's faithful to, to his promises. As I told you before, John baptized with water. But just in a few days. Maybe you're just in a few days as today. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, we have this promise, and we know that God's faithful to his promise, right? He promises that when we begin to follow Jesus, that we are going to have the Holy Spirit inside of us from the beginning. That's why if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We all receive the Holy Spirit. We all receive the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come at a later time. No, for the moment we begin to follow Jesus, we, 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 we receive the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. But we're going to pick up the story in Acts 2. Everybody knows Acts 2, right? People talk about it all the time. But maybe we can see maybe a new glimpse in some of this. In Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1, now I'm reading out of the message version. It says this. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. And it filled the whole building. And it filled the whole building. And here's a few things I want us to note just on those first two verses. Okay? And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. There is power that comes with the Holy Spirit. There is power that comes with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, it's strong and it's relentless. It pursues us nonstop. When we think that we're getting away, getting away from God, we think we're getting, we, you know that little tug that you feel? A little tug in your heart where you're like, where you're like, oh, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. 
That's the Holy Spirit pursuing you with relentless power. It's powerful. There's power that comes with the Holy Spirit. It's strong and relentless. He blows by barriers set up by man. Here they are in this room and all of a sudden a huge gale force wind just entered the room and shook up the place. Shook up the place. He isn't bound by your theories or your doctrine. You with me? Figured I'd get a couple amens on that one. Because this is coming from a guy who loves doctrine and loves debate. Okay? And coming from a reformed side of, side of things, this is scary to me. Because everything has to have order, right? Which is true. But sometimes I wonder if we put, on, put up our own barriers in our heart and God, God can't move in those. God can't move in those. But if you will allow him, I really do believe that he will blow down those barriers that, he's, that you place in front of him. Here they are gathered in one place in unity waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And it blows in. There's power that comes with the Holy Spirit. So what does this power do? He, he gives us the power to pray when we don't know how. He gives us the power to pray when we don't know how. Have you ever prayed that, like you, those moments where you got on your, fought, fell on your face and you're trying to come up with the words to say to God because you're in so much anguish and you don't know how to, what to say? Well, guess what? That's what the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes in because our brother Paul wrote this to the Roman church in, eight, in chapter 8, 26 when he said, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with the groanings that cannot be expressed in words. We have something living inside of us that knows our every need, not just our wants, but our every need. And he is praying to the Father on your behalf. Father, you got you to listen to this. Chaz really needs this in his life right now. He doesn't know how to express it. Lucy really needs this in, his, in her life right now. She doesn't know how to express it, so I'm going to express it for them because I have the power to do that. Us as believers have that power that even though we don't know the words to say, our, the Holy Spirit within us knows the groanings of our heart and can express it. He gives us the power to fight off sinful desires, addictions, sexual immorality, greediness, and the big one called pride because you're not going to fight this stuff on your own. I said it, I said it last week. You didn't beat addiction. The power of God helped you to beat addiction. That problem you have with pornography, you're not going to be able to fix that in and of yourself because you're looking at the flesh. But when you have, when you, when you have the Holy Spirit and it gives you the power to overcome those things. That's why Paul would also write to the church of Galatia that in chapter 5, 17, he says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Those two forces are constantly fighting. If you feel that battle inside of you right now, or maybe tomorrow when you're at work, you might feel that little pull to go one direction when you know this direction is right. That's what this is talking about. There's this constant pull, push and pull like trying to, trying to stretch you. And it goes on to say, if these are two forces that are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Have you ever felt like you went to go do something good and it turned out bad? Listen to verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not un under obligation to the law 
of Moses. Let me tell you what that means because you're like, well, I thought the law of Moses was good. And it was good because it was there to show us that we can't meet the standards of God. And actually, Scripture tells us that the law was given to push us, to push us this direction, to show us that we couldn't. And what it's, what now with the Holy Spirit, we don't have to try this in and of ourselves anymore. We're not under that sin law anymore. We are set free in Christ. We are set free in Christ. He gives us that power to fight the sin nature. And here's my favorite one. It's been a topic of mine for, for a couple of months. He gives us the power to crush Satan under our feet. He gives us the power to crush Satan under our feet. Cause, and one day, he will be defeated forever. But it was written to, Rome, to the church of Rome this, that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace, or some translations say, Holy Spirit. May the Spirit of our Lord, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Be with you. But there's another thing that this first part of Acts chapter 2 tells us. And it's this, if you're taking notes. Is that the Holy Spirit fills us up completely. Fills us up completely. See, for too long it's been taught that the Spirit comes in waves. Because that's not true at all. That's not true. Let's see, there's, there's one, one denomination over here that teaches that there's this baptism of the Holy Spirit that happens after your salvation. Like it may be years, maybe months, maybe it will be whatever after you, you become a Christian. But that's just not true what you're about to see here in a minute. Because the moment that you become a believer in Jesus, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you that that's so freeing for us. Because in Romans chapter 8, it says this. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, so you're controlled by the Spirit, you're not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. And listen to what it says. And remember that those who do not have the Holy Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So we can't say on one hand that we become, a, we become, a, we become His at our salvation and have the Spirit come later, when that just says that the Spirit's not there, you're not His. You get what I'm saying? So as soon as you become a believer, you are filled up. You are filled up completely with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it says this. Then like a wildfire, everybody say wildfire. wildfire. The Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. Whoa, man, Derek, you're going deep right there. Many different languages. We'll talk about that a little bit next week and a little bit here in a minute. But then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spreads through the ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. So what does a wildfire do? Anybody know? It spreads. Like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spreads. If you can write that down. Like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spreads. See, growing up, the one time that they did talk about the Holy Spirit, they would say it like this. The Spirit flows from breast to breast. And that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Because the Holy Spirit, it can't be contained. Sometimes we try to put it in a box. But it can't be contained. And what it tells us is, as it says, it says that it flows through the ranks, is that, that it's not meant to just, just be in us, but to flow through us. 
See, too long Christianity has been taught, the church has taught that this is a personal relationship with God, and it is. I get what they're saying, but sometimes we take that to mean that we should just keep it to ourselves. When it's clear all throughout Scripture, including this, that we can't keep it all to ourselves. It must flow out of us. We can't hold it in here anymore because we would explode. You with me? Like I'm sitting back there in the back trying to hold things in, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, tears about to come out because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what it is, but worship lately has been incredible. Like the Spirit has been here, and that's, I'm not just saying that to lift up Connor, but there's been this sweet Spirit lately that I, I don't want to lose because, I mean, the Spirit has been here. You're back there trying to hold everything in. You can't do nothing because I'm normally not a hand raiser. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like my daddy. Okay? Doesn't do a lot of hand raising. But I just, I just can't contain it anymore. I think a lot of it has to do because I made a decision a few months ago to say, you know what, God? Whatever is true, whatever is faithful, whatever glorifies you, I'm open to that. And I've seen God move in my life. But like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spreads. It can't be contained. It's not meant to just be, be in us, but flow through us. And here's, and here's why, is that the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do the impossible. The Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do the impossible, or maybe even the implausible. And that gets a little scary. I'm with you. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability... To do the impossible. I was going to say something, but I'll save it. Let me show you what I mean in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 5. It says this, 5 through 11. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem. Just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world, when they heard the sound, they came on the, on the run. Then, and then when they heard, let me say this. Oh my God, there's a difference between so, sound and noise. You with me? There's a difference between sound and noise. Sound is something beautiful that causes people to run in. It, like, I, I was listening to an interview of, a, of the lead singer of the band Foo Fighters. No, they're not a Christian band, and yes, sometimes I like listening to Foo Fighters. Okay? Sometimes if I'm working out, I listen to Eminem because it gets my blood boiling. Okay? But in this interview, lead singer of Foo Fighters, who happened used to be the drummer of um, Nirvana, that's, just, that's free information, in this interview, he was asked, he said, he said, from the stage, why don't, why don't you ever promote politics or this thing over there? And he said, there's already too much division in this world. That's just noise. He said, but if I could make a sound that caused people from other, each side of the bridge, each side of the canyon come together and make a sound and be unified for one minute for a few hours in one night, then that's my job. And I'm sitting there going, man, when the Holy Spirit comes into believers, we're not making noise. We're making a sound that causes people to come together. Because it says they came on the run. And then when they heard, one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on, and they kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them and talking our various mother tongues? And this is this list. Parthians, Medes, the Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, 
and, and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Pagra and Pamphylia, whoever came up with these cities, Egypt and other parts of Libya belonging to, to Serene, immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even, even Cretans and Arabs, they're speaking our languages describing God's mighty work. Let me, let me just say this real quick before we move on. Isn't that incredible? Because here's, here's what, I, what I got to think in the last couple of months, because if we really believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, what's keeping us from having that same power? That as we begin to speak, people hear us in whatever way they speak. See, I was listening to this guy talk this way, because I've been, like, you know, I wanted to be faithful and I wanted to be true in everything I talked about in this series. So I'm listening to people from both ends of the spectrum. I'm listening to people who are in the middle. I'm listening to Reformed theology, what they had to say about it. Charismatic theology, what they had to say about it. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what is true. What is true. And one of my favorite pastors, his name is Matt Chandler. If you ever get a chance to look him up, he's incredible. He's one of those guys that I wouldn't expect to say this. But he, he was talking one time, he talk, was talking in this interview that um, him and this group of people was together praying with this uh, lady who came here from, from India. This, this lady in, from India spoke English. She could understand English, but they decided, you know what, she's about to go back and be a missionary in her home country. So here she is. She's, um, we're, they're gathered around, they're praying, and, um, and they, they said, before we end this, and they, they asked another lady to pray over this lady. Well, this lady starts praying. Well, she starts praying in Hindi. But Matt Chandler didn't know that. The other guys, elders of their church didn't know that. And they're sitting there looking at each other like, oh, we're going to have to put this woman, to tell this woman we, can't, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. So after, after the prayer was over and Matt Chandler was about to say something to her, the lady that they were praying for said, ma'am, I didn't know that you spoke Hindi. And the lady goes, I don't. I don't. Well, you just prayed in Hindi. It's because I believe that she was following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit praying over this woman, not necessarily this woman. And I'm wondering how many times have we blocked some of this. And I was a little bit skeptical sharing that story because that could freak some people out. But I want whatever it is that's true. I want whatever it is that's true. But it goes on to say, describing God's mighty work. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Have you ever been in one of those moments like, what? That like God just does something for you? And you're like, shut up. Now, I'm not telling you to shut up, God. Keep going. But she, like, holy, what's, like, have you ever been in one of those? But then it says, others joked. They're drunk on cheap wine. That's better than buying expensive wine, I guess. And then it says this. Then Peter stood up. And backed by the other eleven, spoke out with bold urgency. And here's what I want you to here's what I want you to hear from this ending passage here. Is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, if you're taking notes, gives you boldness. The Spirit gives you boldness. Well, Derek, how am I how am I how am I supposed to share my story? 
oh, it won't be you sharing your story. It's the Holy Spirit sharing it through you so you can approach this thing with boldness because guess what? In the end, we win. Remember, I say this often. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. That's why we can, we can proclaim boldness with the Holy Spirit's power in us because we don't lose. The Bible even goes as far to say our words will not return void to us. That's why I'm not really scared to talk about Jesus at school. Sorry, Brian. I know you're not really, you don't really care. <laughs> He's right up there with me. Because I can, I can, I, I, I got the Holy Spirit in me. It'll, God will take care of itself. Right? If God wants me to work there, I'll work there. If, he's t- if it's time for me to move on, it's time for me to move on. Let, I mean, let me say this. I love South Dole, working at South Dole. It's the most incredible place to work. It's scary sometimes and hairy sometimes. But I love working there because there's so much need there that I get to pour myself out to them. I get that where I can't be, it can't be contained, you remember? I get to let that roll out of me. So when teachers come to me and go, hey, hey Derek, will you pray with me? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll pray with you. What do you need to pray for? And then I'm going to pray some more stuff that you need. You need Jesus, first of all, but... But it gives us boldness. So you can approach tomorrow. You can approach the next hour because you have the Spirit living in you. Because if it made Peter bold, you know the one who denied Christ three times before he was crucified? If it will give Peter boldness, it will give you boldness. Because I don't know about you, but if I denied Jesus three times and then seen him after his death alive, I'd be like, I ain't, no, I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm out. Because of the embarrassment. But it also gives us a sense of urgency. The Spirit gives us urgency. If you're taking notes, write that down. The Spirit gives us urgency. I want you to listen to me real quick. I said this at the beginning. You have brothers and sisters, friends and family, cousins, nieces and nephews, sons and daughters that we got to be urgent with because this world is coming to an end one day. I personally believe it'll be in my kid's lifetime. I'm, I'm just saying. The way things are going. That's not me trying to prophesy or any, doing any of that stuff. I'm just saying. I just feel like, so my job is I need to get people ready. My question is, are you ready? Because if we have the Holy Spirit, we've got to live boldly and live with urgency, sharing the message of the gospel. Because the Spirit can't just stop with us because it's a wildfire. It can't be stopped. It can't be contained. So will you approach this world with boldness and with urgency? But the rest of the story goes on to say this in Acts chapter 2. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen. Listen carefully and get this story straight. And here's what I want you to do. If it's highlighted in red, I want you to read it with me. You with me? Get the story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only 9 o'clock. So if you can get drunk by 9 o'clock, more power to you. It's, it's, only, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Not just the religious elite, not just the brokenhearted. No, on all kinds of people. Your sons will prophesy. And listen to this. It's going to be a little 
a little dangerous. Also, your daughters. I'm just reading. Your young men will see visions. Do not stop creativity in young people. Because that creative mind that they have may be the visions of visions from God. God giving them a vision to share with the world. Your old men will dream dreams, right, Dad? Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me. Who will pour out the spirit? God will pour out the spirit. Men, I'm just reading, I'm telling you, and women, both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billowing smoke. The sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the Lord arrives. The day, the day tremendous and marvelous. That's talking about the day when he returns. To collect those that the Spirit has flown not only in but through to collect. And whoever calls out for help to me, God, God will be saved. Maybe God's waiting to pour out His Spirit on someone here this morning for the first time. May you accept that this morning. But for some of us who put those barricades up, maybe we should allow God to allow the full pouring of the Spirit to come upon us so that we can receive power. Because it's already there. we just got to knock down some of those bar barriers, I believe. So here's all I'm asking. No matter what, what view you can approach this thing with, no matter how you grew up, what if just for the next few weeks we said, you know what? We're just going to approach this with an open heart and see what God does. Because I believe there's a wave coming and I want to be a part of it. I want to see what Habakkuk seen. You know the prophet Habakkuk? Whoever named him, I feel bad for him. Can you imagine going to school with the name of Habakkuk? Same. He wrote something really good in Habakkuk 1.5. He says this, And the Lord replied, Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone would have told you about it. I want that to be a part of my story. hundred years from now, people looking back and going, hey, there's this great revival that started in South Knoxville. And it spread to East Knoxville, and it eventually spread across the world because some people humbled themselves and believed that God was doing something in their own day, something like you wouldn't believe what would happen that day. People were being healed. Thousands and thousands of people were coming to know Christ because these people believed that God was going to do something. That God was going to show up. You see, like a couple months ago, I started this series out with this prayer and I'm going to start out this series out with this prayer. It's a prayer for myself and all of us. That we surrender our views, surrender our Maybe even we have to 
surrender some of our doctrine because maybe it's like maybe what we believed isn't 100% true or maybe there's more that was just people were too scared to teach us and we likened it to I just hope that no matter where we stand that may this wildfire help our unbelief and I relate it to the story of this man whose son was possessed with demons and this man took this demons possessed son to the disciples and they didn't have enough faith to this demon possessed boy and this, he would be going to convulsions and throw himself in the river and said and now he lays this demon possessed boy at Jesus' feet and asks Jesus if you can save him will you do it and listen to what Jesus said in Mark 9 starting in verse 23 what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. So do you believe? And if you don't, maybe your prayer needs to be what the Father says next. In verse 24, the Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help my overcome my unbelief. believe in you. I believe you're powerful. But if there's any part of this that I don't believe, please help my unbelief. Like, I challenge you to pray the prayer that I've, that I've been praying for the last couple of months. If it's true, show me. Because he will show you some stuff that you think was crazy. Will you pray that with me over this series? Because I really believe God's wanting to stir something up in all of us. And he wants you to be a part of it. It may be a scary and bumpy road, but at the end of this, I really do believe that there's a wildfire that will be set loose in all of us. Okay? So come be scared with me. I'm saying that as a pastor. Come be scared with me. The God, I'm just coming to you this morning saying, I surrender every part of me Because I want the fullness of you. God, I pray whatever is true to bring it. Bring it. God, I believe that you something like you gotta help my unbelief. God, tear down any barriers that I put in your way to move. God, I pray that. As we sing this song, maybe it's a release of some of those things. And we begin to trust you fully and experience everything you have to give us. And God, I just want to lift up our hearts to you. God, that as we 
we are released maybe to worship you for the first time. God, if there's somebody here this morning that wants to experience you for the first time through accepting salvation by, by accepting your death and burial and resurrection, God, fill them with your spirit today. Let us celebrate with them as we celebrate with you and your angels in heaven. God, let, let us hear your voice no matter where we are. Because we surrender it all to you. And I pray all this in your name.